righty, we're back for episode 15. 15. 15. Well, it's mind-blowing that we've had that many episodes. And uh, the one I want to talk about today, we're going to we're going to refer to this one as the Revenge Program. I've got a couple stories about revenge, and revenge is a a theme that happens so often in in real life and in literature that it becomes uh, one of those commonplace things. So uh, a good story about revenge always always captures the imagination. But in the case of Alexander Dumas's The Count of Monte Cristo, a classic example of of the revenge, mm-hmm. revenge in that case being revenge is a dish best served cold. That's the expression that goes along there. There's of course the wonderful Steve McQueen movie that was made from a, a novel about Nevada Smith, where it's a, again revenge, and and Steve McQueen revenges his family that was killed by three. Desperados, a great movie, revenge scenario. Well, the ones I have, Cole, I have two revenge stories that Grandpa has. And and the first one is revenge is a dish best spell, best served very expensively. And the second is revenge is a dish best served with chocolate flavored X-Lax frosting. Mm. That's it. So the first one, just a young boy, small, maybe four, five years old. And I remember being in a field. I don't remember how it is that the incident, we were playing, kids were playing or something. And there was this one boy in the neighborhood. He's about four years older than I was. And when the difference between a four-year-old boy and an eight-year-old boy or a nine-year-old boy and a five-year-old boy, it's quite Mm -hmm. his name was Jim McGonagall he lived in Magnolia and McGonagall he had a knife he had a hunting knife and we were playing around and I don't know what exactly we were doing but I remember it was late in the afternoon nice summer day and we were sitting across from one another and I don't know if we'd been playing mumbly peg or something but I got to the situation and he said now, if you try to move or go anywhere, I'm going to cut you with this. And I was just absolutely terrified. I felt like a, a little bird captured in a, a snake's glare. Mm-hmm. And, and I was scared to go somewhere. And I was probably almost crying. And finally, I heard my mom cry out, Jimmy, time to come home for dinner. And... I said, I can't, I can't. Why? Where you been? You better get home. I can't. He's got a knife. He's gonna kill me. And what? And so at that point, McGonagall, who had had me sort of feeling trapped, suddenly picks up, picks up his knife and bolts. And mm-hmm. that's the end of that. Well, as On all my stories, Cole, the old globe trundles through the universe, spinning and spinning and years accumulating. 
So years later, what is Grandpa? He's working as a as the executive director of a tutoring agency, and and our business was to help tutor young middle school and high school age kids with their study skills and their mm -hmm. difficulties with algebra and geometry and writing term papers and so on. And I get a call one day from a woman who who said that she was having, they were having problems with their son, Jim, and, uh, and she kind of outlined it on the phone, what the problem was. And of course, I'd been doing it so many times, it sounded to me like, well, kid probably needs some organization. He's probably... How old are you at this time? Uh, oh, I'm 38, 39 years old. Oh, yeah. Maybe 40. Uh, and the... Uh, so this uh, this woman said uh, she, her their, their son needed tutoring and and could we? And I said, well, we have an intake interview and, and I'd like to meet the family and, and then we'll discuss how many times a week would be suitable for tutoring and so on. So that was the end of the call. And <clears throat> whatever she said, I didn't catch her name. I don't recall seeing it. Anyways, about a half hour later, 45 minutes later, who comes in the, the front door of, of the University Tutoring Service office? but this boy by the name of Jim, and there was his father, uh, Jim McGonigal Sr., the man who, as a boy, had me poised on the ground, threatening to kill me with his knife. Mm -hmm. Cole, I want to tell you at that particular point, I made a vow in my head, I'll do the best I can for Mr. McGonigal's young boy, who am I to deny him the academic skills he needs to achieve success in this world? However, the price suddenly went up on all of our surfaces right there. <laughs> so instead of an intake interview that usually cost $50, it cost 100 for Mr. McGonagall. And the hourly rate for tutoring services, what was usually $25 an hour, suddenly increased to 45 and where I would ordinarily recommend only maybe twice a week, I recommended four days a week for, and so I, I think we, 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 we serve young Jim McGonagall as best we could, but I'm pretty certain that university sewer service profited in the neighborhood of, oh, say 25, 30,000 bucks out of, out of Mr. McGonagall. Holy cow. So in that case, revenge is a dish best served on very expensive plates and only with the best of service. Now, that's the first story. The second story you were talking about, you said earlier, revenge is sweet. Well, mm -hmm. sometimes it is sweet. Perhaps it's a little too sweet in this case. Sometimes it's chocolatey. In this case, revenge is a dish best served with with chocolate flavored S X lax frosting. Hmm. Now, this did not happen to me, but this was a story that was legendary in in my high school. We had 
split lunches in our high school. So half the kids ate at the first lunch and the other half of the kids ate at the second lunch. And a lot of schools do that still. Where What time you ate depended on what class you were in and all sorts of mm -hmm. things. There were two guys that were the year behind me. One of them's name was Gary Balder and the other guy's name was Doug Perdang. And Balder and Perdang were sort of friends. They got along and they were buddies and they hung out and whatever. <clears throat> and every day, Doug Perdang made his own lunch or his mom made his lunch and he took his lunch. Balder, Gary Balder, on the other hand, either would get go down to the lunchroom or try to mooch something. But he discovered that Doug Perdang made these really delicious lunches and Doug Perdang had second lunch. And then the most important thing was Doug Perdang always left his locker unlocked. Mm. So Gary Balder would go in to Doug Perdang's locker uh, at first lunch and get Doug Perdang's lunch and go and eat it. And then tell Perdang that he did it. Yeah, that was good. That was that was a it was a good sandwich, good ham sandwich. And you put some nice mustard on it. I like the pickles and all oh, those little those cookies you made. Those they were, those cookies you had, they were great. And so he was he was taunting Perdang with this, and he it, it went on on a regular basis. It wasn't like one time. It was like he was doing it daily. Jesus, what an asshole! Well, it, well, it was, and and what. What does one seek on an asshole when one, when one, yes, revenge. So what Doug Perdang did was, I don't know exactly what he thought to himself, but something along the lines is, I know I'm going to fix Gary Balder. I'm going to spike the food. So Doug Perdang suddenly became very interested in baking cakes and, and becoming very domestic. I don't know if he actually bought an apron or, you know, cleaned up the kitchen and had little bluebirds flying around it. But he went down to the Albertsons grocery store and he purchased a nice uh, package of Duncan Hines devil's food cake uh, to make uh, this nice, this nice devil's food cake. Then he got the chocolate frosting, the regular chocolate, the ready mix chocolate frosting. But he also stopped by the, the pharmaceutical uh, part of this grocery store as well, and bought another brand of chocolate known as chocolate flavored X-Lax. As maybe you're aware of it, that's accents kind of a thing to help if you loosen your bowels if, if you're constipated. Mm -hmm. So it's so pretty much almost a laxative or it's, something. It's a major laxative. So Doug made a cake, beautiful cake, made sure that it was, it said that it really smelled wonderful in the kitchen when he made it. And then he got, he got the frosting out and mixed that up. And then he mixed all this package of chocolate flavored X-Lax in with the normal, the normal frosting. And then it was a double layer cake. So the first layer or the first layer of the cake, and he spread the, the chocolate all over, then put the second layer on, covered the entire thing icing, then got a big, nice wedge of this devil's food cake, wrapped it in wax paper, 
along with the ham sandwich that he always made, put it in a brown paper bag, and took it to school the next day. Then, oh my God. at 11.30 in the morning, first lunch, first bell, and who comes bobbing out of his social studies room or whatever it is, is young, young uh, high school junior Gary Balder on his way to a, a scrumptious lunch that he knows that Doug Perdang had provided with him. Oh, good, ham sandwiches. Oh, great, what's this? Devil's food cake. I don't know if he said it's my favorite, but who knows? Anyway, so he wolfed down the ham sandwich. Then he gobbled down that devil's food cake. And then we wait. We don't have to wait too long. We wait maybe, oh, another 20, 25 minutes. By that time, the lunch bell had rung, and Gary Balder was then in his his fourth or fifth period class of the day. Mm -hmm. And suddenly, Mr. Balder began to be a little queasy. Then the next thing, there was a rumbling noise. And then there was a sudden incident of what is known commonly as projectile vomiting and then in addition to the projectile vomiting there was kind of the incident where all of his lower intestine began to also function in a way and 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 release some of the the the, the food matter that had gotten that far down so in other words Mr. Balder was going at both ends. Shitting himself in projectile vomiting all over his desk and, and chair. And, and, of course, this in front of every cute junior in his class, and his teacher. And then, I mean, and, and he felt, and then what then began to happen is that the body is trying to get rid of, of this massive amount of whatever it was. Uh then he began to get the dry heaves and and he was holding his stomach and he was in pain and he i mean he, he was he was suffering from serious poisoning mm -hmm. and and uh he went but he he couldn't what what was he going to say well i stole i stole my buddy's lunch and and yeah so he so he they took him to the they took him down to the uh the school nurse where he spent the rest of the afternoon having dry heaves and drinking warm water. And then second lunch, by this time, Perdang had heard what had happened. And there was Perdang with this wonderful smile on his face mm. saying, yep, made that cake myself. Yep, made that cake myself. And so we have coal. In this case, revenge is a dish best served with x -lax.